Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Welcome to February, winter weather, the heart of college hoop season, and, and of course this show, the Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Hegley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn working the board for us. I got to get your thoughts off the top, guys. Tom Brady retiring a couple of days ago. It appears this time it's for good. Yeah, obviously, you know, the most successful quarterback of all time. I mean, people can argue that maybe he doesn't have the best arm or isn't the best athlete, and it's just clearly true, but he's the win. He's a winner. This dude gets stuff done at quarterback, and he got, you know, seven Super Bowls most of all time. Um, so many records, basically holds every passing record. So, you know, kudos to him on a great career. He'll go down as probably the greatest quarterback of all time, um, at least maybe until one of these guys that are playing right now get to be playing until they're 45 years old. <laughs> so does that mean that he gets Giselle back and he has to trade <laughs> in his younger model now that he's retired? Where does that go? Is he going to tell her we were on a break? We um, were on a break. It's an episode I mean, of Friends. It's like exactly. an episode of Friends. I'm exactly. That's exactly where I got it from because I'm I'm not really certain as to to where he goes. You know, because so much of that that divorce seemed to be that he wanted to play football, and now he's not playing football anymore. Well, I, I think we're going to have a Tom Brady the Bachelor coming up oh, soon. Yeah. Uh, ABC. I mean, how much? How what would the ratings be like for Tom Brady the Bachelor? Will they Will they let him be the Fox? analyst and the uh and also on the bachelor maybe fox will, ha- fox will have their own show yeah their own, yeah a very brady christmas or something like oh, that. Very... MV, mvp bachelor or goat yeah. goat goat bachelor yeah. yeah 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 it's called mrs goat and, <laughs> and it's put out like you know eight supermodels you know on there so yeah exactly so i mean they're paying him what 37 million a year not just on Sunday afternoons, so you can guarantee that um, you know it's 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 going to happen. That he's going to produce stuff, and like we saw with LeBron, hey, this show it's the Running Man, twenty first century version, produced executive producer LeBron James. Yes, is <laughs> ten on ABC. So yeah, yeah you know, and, and his movie's coming out right, eighty for Brady or whatever. Yeah, new, yeah. new movie. He's like twice their size. They're all like five one, and see the see the <laughs> on the red carpet yep. like six five. Yeah, they're all like ninety years old. Exactly. So much grandma. So uh, Tom Brady, wish him well. Um, we'll be talking about him for quite a while. And uh, look at it this way: at least there's no drama. But you're right. I think Giselle says, "No, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. Let's just do the kid thing and, and the parent thing and <laughs> I, thing." And I think she upgraded to a younger model too. Sounds uh, like so. It. You know. Yeah. yeah, and she has more time on her hands because she didn't have it to go. You know, work on you know, meeting the saints on Sunday. So uh, unfortunately I'm the older model. So I don't think that I, <laughs> I have a chance. So <laughs> you never know. There's time. Uh, we've got a pair of uh, ranked basketball teams on campus as well. The men tip off at Iowa Saturday afternoon on Fox uh, ranked 25th in the coaches poll and a chance to maybe get a little separation from the pack as they come in sitting in second place in the big 10 after a crazy night Tuesday, when the Illinois defense almost completely shut out Nebraska for the final 12 minutes and then 21st ranked uh, Indiana and Northwestern on the same night, both suffered upsets on the road, Illinois in the weekend uh, in second place. Yeah. You know, starting off 0 and three, you're seven and one since that time, one, seven of eight. 
Um, I was actually this this game was really interesting because, you know, they they shot, you know, five for twenty nine, but still win by sixteen points because their defense now from three. Right. So I went back and did a little bit of a dive on these stats and Illinois in their last six wins has taken 143s and made 25% from three-point range. When you think about that, to win those six games while shooting 25% from three-point range and having no games above 33% is really astonishing. It goes to show you that this team is built a little bit different in that they can win in different ways. They can win through rebounding. They can win through their defense. They can win through forcing turnovers whatever it might be, but this is a, it's, it's pretty interesting statistic that we're going to keep an eye on moving forward. And watching the Indiana game, Trace Jackson Davis, he missed more shots on one possession again, you know, (laughs) than, than he did the whole Illinois game. And it's not like, you know, when you can get that multiple rebounds like that, it's not like, um, you know, he was playing, poorly or that that there was no defense but he was just missing shots and i'm like well where was that when uh he came to illinois i don't know (laughs) that's not fair now you want to miss shots well that was it that's the thing too against illinois literally everything went in yes everything i mean it was one of the it was a perfect storm yeah the illinois defense could have tried different things absolutely but but you know and but brad you make a really good point because on the illiniguys.com message boards we had some people actually said they didn't play good defense and that kind of thing look yeah nebraska is not purdue um but few teams are um this is a team though that has an rpi going into that game better than michigan or ohio state teams that are you know much more better respected um, and they're a team that actually is a competitive team. They're not a very good team. Yes, they've lost two starters to injury, but it's a competitive team. To me, if you hold a team like that defensively, I mean, they only give up one basket in the first four minutes um, and we'll shut them down for another one in four minutes until they hit the three threes in a row to get back into it. Um, this is a, They gave up seven field goals the entire second half. Um, when you do that, you, you, you can miss a bunch of threes and win, to your point. Yeah. Um, if you play, and they did, and they did to their, they did, they they did. Well, they wanted to make it interesting. You have to get your, you want the fans to get their money's worth. It's boring if you win by 40. That's right. You gotta, and yeah, there, there we are. Yeah. And you want to make sure that, uh, that Tums gets their sales among Illini fans. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, hey, meanwhile, the Illini women's team, and you know, in nearly half a century of Illini women's basketball, there have been only two seasons in which they won 70% of their games and they're working on a third one right now. Yeah, there this is a team that is really kind of probably the biggest surprise in women's college basketball, the fact yeah. that they're as good as they are. Shauna Green's done a fantastic job. Um and and I will say this about both Brad Underwood and Shauna Green, what they have done in the transfer portal to remake their team. When you think about Brad Underwood has Shannon Meyer and Danger from the transfer portal. Shauna Green has Makaira Cook, Bryn Chupil, and um, Genesis Bryant, three of their starters. It's amazing how they've been able to retool these teams and through the transfer portal and become successful out of that. And the great part about this Illinois squad is they're not very deep, but they're going to bring in more players and bring everybody back. They have a chance to be really, really good next year. Like, I mean, legit, they're going to be – on the hype train next this off season, if they can add a couple pieces. 
to this group. Yeah, you want Shauna Green to prove it over a few years, just, you know, consistency. But I'm trying to think back. Uh, I think it's the best performance of a new uh, coach in the revenue sports that I can remember, certainly on the football side, you know, you're lucky <laughs> if you hit 500. So that's, that's actually not hard to go. But I mean, you know, when you think of Underwood and what he inherited, it was a disaster. Um, Gross had stuff that, you know, the Weber era was on the downside and obviously Weber inherited a, a pretty uh, full cupboard. Um, but, but she's managed to have the, the horrible um, inheritance using the transfer portal very well and got results. I mean, she may be the best first year coach in the history of the university of Illinois. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that, Mike. The one thing you have to understand is the rules are a little bit different now with the, the transfer portal. Yeah. It's changed. So John exactly. Gross couldn't go out and add a guy or whatever. Not saying he could have anyway, as we saw, yeah, but, was... but you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Bruce Weber obviously came into a great situation. Yes. I thought the other guy who I thought did a pretty good job would be Lon Kruger. I thought he yes. did a nice job his first year, really with a team that had underachieved a little bit the year yes. before, but I, I would put Shauna Green um, at the top of that, uh, that heap. Yeah. But don't forget John Gross still to this day has 10 toes in. Don't forget it. Uh, more on both teams coming up a bit later in this hour. But up next, uh, one of the top golf coaches in the nation has another top 10 team set to take aim at the Big Ten and National Brass Rings. Mike Small is up next on the Sports Spectacular. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Welcome back here to the Sports Spectacular. This segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsor of Illinois Athletics. Uh, they are, uh, Brad and Mike, as you know, they are the reigning seven-time Big Ten champions and setting sights on making it eight in a row. And he is a friend of the show. Great to have him back. The head coach of the Illini men's golf team, Mike Small. Coach, good to see you. Happy New Year. And um, welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. Thanks, Larry. It's always fun to visit with you and, and to see what's up. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate that. Hey, let's first talk about, uh, you know, again, as some people don't know, you guys play a fall schedule as well as a spring, um, and you were outstanding again. Uh, I, I believe that uh, of all the tournaments, four or five tournaments this fall, you never finished lower than third. Um, it seems like you've got yet again another, um, yeah, you know, one of the nation's best uh, golf teams uh, uh, that you're working with. Yes, thank you. I like to, I like to think that think that we do, and uh our season is split. It's the fall and the spring, and they've all they all count the same. The heads, the head to heads, the wins and losses in the fall, and the ones we're going to accrue in the next month or two all count the same towards our NCAA berth. So, getting off to a good start in the fall is always a uh, a positive for any college program. And for us to only accrue, I think, three losses um, all fall. We, we won a couple times and finished second and third. So um, we lost just, uh, three times, and um, so our head-to-head, our ranking, our national ranking is eighth, I believe, and one of the computer polls and then the coaches' poll were eighth. So 
that shows we have a chance. That shows we're good. That shows we're, that we're respected. Um, we played well at a couple good golf tournaments. Our event up at Olympia Fields, which isn't really a home course for us because we don't play there very often, but it's one of the best fields, top three fields in all of college golf. We finished second, which was a, a great way to start the season. And then we won the Folds of Honor, which was a big event up in Michigan. And um, won another smaller event in Ohio and then finished third down in Florida at a big-time event. So we showed we can compete with the best teams. Um, but again, we have a three month layoff and golf games ebb and flow and confidence comes and goes. So got to kind of start all over again. And, um, that's where we're at now. So hopefully we can build momentum throughout this spring and leading up into the, another big 10 run for the championship and then, uh, into the postseason. So what type of workouts do you have your players do in that three month off time? You know, do you, do you focus on like you know, filling gaps in the game, just, you know, straight up fundamentals. How does that work? I, that's a good question. And it's all over the board. Uh, it, it, uh, I'm coaching a, a, an individual sport wrapped up in a team atmosphere in college. And it's, um, you got to approach things that time of year more individually than as a team. Um, we're, we're, we're more of a team probably oriented atmosphere for golf than the majority of teams in this country. And I think that's been part of our success and our consistency over the time is that we're accountable to each other as a team. But in November for the last five weeks of four weeks, five weeks of the, of the fall semester, um, they're on campus. So we're kind of getting away from the game, to be honest with you, uh, kind of dispersing as a team. Cause you know, our practices are intense and our, our focus is intense. And like I said, that team atmosphere is great, but you need a break from it. Um, so we do a lot of individual work if it's if it's needed. They get some time off to spend time as a normal student in the fall and get away from the game because the most of our, our guys are playing hard from really playing 10, 11 months a year. And um, they need time to get away. So we'll kind of mix, like I said, mix some time away with some individual work in the fall. And then they're away for four weeks over Christmas break, semester break. And then uh, this year, I think some played two events or three events. Um, I think only one person did not play. So they're all out kind of, uh, building on what they found in the fall, uh, kind of, you know, self-reflected a little bit at the late fall, like I talked about, and then um, got some work in, tested it out in the winter, brought those results back. And we just got together two weeks ago and um, I'm still in the assessment mode where their game is mentally, physically, and emotionally. Uh, we went on a trip last weekend, um, played an alumni match down at the Tinnerman cup. Um, a big, a great donor of ours, Jeff Tinnerman hosts us. I, I accumulated a lot of information, watched the guys play. So, you take all that time that they worked on their own because golf, again, they're responsible for their game and they have a lot of them have their instructors. Now that's kind of changed over time. Uh, a lot of these kids come in with their own instructors. Uh, so I work in tandem with them. So I get to see um, how they've evolved over Christmas and then, um, you know, spend time with them last week. And then this weekend we'll go on another practice trip, evaluate. And then we're back into the team atmosphere gradually as we're speaking now, but full full bore uh, in about a week and a half in Mobile, Alabama back into that so it's um i guess it's a long-winded answer to your question but it's uh it ebbs and flows every year depending on the success of the team what we need this team is very tight very close um good chemistry so not a lot was needed on the team side more on the individual side long information but but there's not a single thing i would i hoped you would have leave, left out because that was all it was really good and it kind of brings me to my next question to piggyback on what mike just asked is um so in that evaluation period i mean you've done this long enough now that um what do you do if, if you come back and you get your evals back and you begin to start playing in the spring and then 
you know what, this guy's not there or the, the, the numbers, the data, the, the feel is not where you would like it to be. Well, that happens. And like I said, games ebb and flow. That's why depth of a college golf team is very important. Um, if you go into the season with three or four players, when you're counting, you know, travel five, count four, um, you're shorthanded. Um, if you go into a season with six or seven really good players and they're competing to get into the lineup, then you have some, some, um, some, you know, you have, you can, you can make up for that. Um, guys have come back looking really good this last week. And some guys are off, they're off physically, they're off um, mentally, the confidence is down. Um, that's where my job is, is fun. Um, because I, you got to coach all these guys differently. Yet you got to bring them in the in the whole you know in the old envelope of a team. So it's it's um, it's exciting from the standpoint that everybody needs me in a different realm right now. Some need some work on putting, some on driving, some on their on their golf swing, and then some are totally just need some confidence and some just some some tender loving care to get them back into it. Um, there's never a dull moment. Um, so our practices aren't spent like like Brad Underwood would be working on. The, the opponent and working on how to you know plan for every game. Ours is so much internal. And um, that's why this time of year, I'm not really out into the real world watching other stuff going on. I'm more or less just in my own world, taking care of my guys and our own games. So um, it's all over the board. It's just an individual conglomeration of, of, um, of work that comes together, hopefully in two or three, four weeks um, where they're all taking responsibility for their own games, their own improvement, their own game management, to where they'll go out and they'll compete at a tournament, come together, and the sum of those parts will be a successful team score um, and team chemistry. And like I said, we have strong chemistry and guys are accountable and guys want to play hard for each other. So I think there's an extra level of care and um, purpose to what they're doing that makes their improvement quicker. I think if you're on a team where you enjoy who you're with in golf and, and you want to be successful for each other, you take more responsibility in working on your game. And that's what we do in the off season a lot is that uh, our guys improve some better, faster than others, some in different ways, like I just mentioned, but they're all there for the, for the, for the same common cause. And I think that's a huge thing in college golf. Um, you know, golf is obviously thought of as the ultimate individual sport. Um, what do you do differently that you think helps build that team attitude in an individual sport? Because you know, football coaches, basketball coaches, that's kind of a given that it's a team sport and they may not right. have to work so hard on that. Well, that's right. And I think that starts in recruiting for us. I mean, all our guys want to play the PGA Tour. They don't come here if they don't want to do that. That's kind of the way it's evolved. So that's that's the carrot at the end of the at the end of the tunnel that everybody wants to get their game good enough for that. So that's why the individual growth and individual improvement is necessary. But they're also explained to when I recruit them that this is team golf. There's nothing more fun than team golf, really, in the sport because you talk, you hear all the Ryder Cuppers and you hear all the guys in the President's Cup and Walker Cup. They have such a blast because it's not normal. Um, you have the rest of your life to work on your own game. And the professional golf is such a solitary life. You know, when, when I played the PGA Tour, it was very noticeable to me. You got friends with everybody out there, but you're, you're like superficial friends because you're trying to beat each other's brains in every week. And then, <laughs> And then when you win on a Sunday night, everybody says, good, you know, congratulations, they're happy for you. But then Monday morning, they don't care about it anymore. Um, it's yeah. really, it's really a, it's just a short-lived deal and it's very solitary. And in, I explained to those guys in college, in recruiting and what fun is, how much fun is it going to be if you're with eight or nine guys you've become really tight with that you share a common goal and a, a common desire to accomplish something and leave a legacy together. 
Um, you know, when kids come to college, we have this talk every year. They think team chemistry is just liking each other and watching football with each other and going out on the town and, and just liking each other and just a, every in a social setting and, and being friends. That's not team chemistry. Team chemistry in athletics, especially high-level Division One athletics, is if a team inherently shares a distinct desire for championships and they have the same goals in mind for their games keeping each other accountable and trying to beat each other's brains in every day in practice yet come together and have a solid team and leave a legacy together that's team chemistry when you're on the same page um on your golf goals and on your team goals and i think that i think we do a pretty good job of that um over the years of of, of getting them to buy in and understanding that that you know if you're on a good team your chances of being a, a good individual go way up too. You're pushed by each other every day. Uh, you can't win the national championship really as an individual. We've had two individual national champions, and they understand that if our team doesn't get there, the chances of getting there as an individual is very, very, very slim. Only six guys in the country make the national finals that aren't on a team. So uh, in order to accomplish your individual goals, you still have to be on a team, a good team to get you there and push you every day not only just in practice, but also in accountability and toughness and mindset. And that's, that's what we kind of make clear of them uh, at the recruiting stage. Uh, that's a great point. I don't think people understand the rules of that, that you're right. I mean, you, you've got to be, you know, the, the, the team, you, that's how you get there uh, most of the time. Uh, looking at your schedule coming up, a couple of things really stand out. You're, you've been invited to the National Invitational Tournament or the NIT uh, once again in Tucson in March, and I know that's always um, a big feather in your caps. It is an invitation. You can't just, you know, just go. You have to be invited. Um, the the Haskins Award in Augusta is always a big deal early April, but the one, two there later in April, um, you're there at the new uh, Atkins Golf Club, uh, the Fighting Illini Spring Collegiate. Um, I believe the first uh, tournament you've hosted there, right, because it is a new course. And what does that mean? Because I know there's so much um, effort and, and, you know, blood, sweat, and tears that went into making this happen for the golf sure. in Illinois. What does it mean to, to, to see that on the schedule and uh, knowing all the hard work you put into that? Well, we're looking forward to that, Larry. It's something that people, we have a really unique and a really close following for our program from our supporters and our fans. And I think the success we've had, all the national final fours and all the national cha- you know, championships that we've been involved in, it get people excited. I think success brings people to a program, but I think also the love for golf and the, the uniqueness of what we've done has got people excited. And they've always wanted us to play at home. Well, the way college golf schedule is a lot of times our season is winding down by the time you can realistically host an event in the Midwest with the weather in the spring. So um, the opportunity came about um, this year to, uh, to host an event at Atkins. Usually it's opposite another regional event that's been here a long time, but they changed the format and the number of days that tournament is going to be played and it didn't fit into our schedule. So along with I think seven other Big Ten teams or six other Big Ten teams and a couple of MAC teams, we're going to have a nine-team tournament in April right before the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, a way to showcase our golf course, kind of see how it holds up against the top college competition, but also to give our fans a chance to come out and just walk down the fairway and get close to our, our guys, you know, Adrian DeMont, Deschassard is a top 10 player in the world. Right. Um, top five in PGA tour U. And like we've had those guys come through in the past, um, but they haven't really been, have been able to get cozy with people in champagne. Now we host that big event in Chicago, which we get a nice following for, but nothing like it would be in on campus, but uh, we can't look to that too far. That's going to be something at the end of the spring. And hopefully our record and our ranking is, is where it is now, but 
we got some hard tournaments coming up. We got uh, we go to Alabama, and then we go out to Vegas for one of the biggest events in college golf. And then, the, like you mentioned, the NIT, and um, and we got some big events. We got to we got to continue to get better and sustain ourselves and sustain our record. So when we get here in Champaign and we're playing, we have momentum leading into the Big Tens the next week. But uh, I think the people in town are going to really enjoy um, coming out and and uh, seeing how the golf course holds up, but also seeing us compete against six other Big Ten schools. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to shift gears on you um, and and kind of ask you one question that we get a lot from from our subscribers is what effects are you seeing of this live tour, the LIV tour uh, on, you know, what's going on in professional golf and, you know, just what are your thoughts? I know that, you, you know, you're not the, you know, you're not the head coach of all of golf, but, but what's your impression of, of how that's changing the game? Well, I have an interest in it just because I played on tour and, and, and I still dabble and I still go out and not as much PJ tour events anymore at the last couple of years, but champions tour events. So I, I talk to those guys and I just get a feel for it. And it's a, it's, it's a shame that there's that much uh, divisiveness and animosity in professional golf. But like I said a minute ago, it's very, very competitive and, and guys are, are technically independent contractors. So that's, that's always been the battle. If you're, an, if you're an independent contractor, you should be able to play where you want to play and and not be told where to go and what to do. But again, these TV deals, that the reason for these purses are so big um, on the PGA Tour is because they're promised the networks, the best players are going to be there. So the, it's a catch-22. So the, yeah, what it came down to is the guys had to choose their, choose their poison, what they wanted to do. And if you looked at it, most of the players going to live are kind of in the twilight of their career and the big money, and they're kind of taking some guaranteed money and going and playing a different kind of tournament and not as pressure packed, a smaller type event um, uh, with, with a lot, like I said, guaranteed money. This is something that um, I think the animosity and the divisiveness was caused. I know it is by, by what Greg Norman did back when I was on tour in the nineties, you know, he was trying to form a world tour. He thought the best players in the world should play to, with each other. And the rest of the players didn't deserve all that money they were playing for, which I disagree. Cause I was one of those players that, was on tour and those guys forget you need people to beat you know greg norman needed people he needed people like me to beat when he was on the pga tour he couldn't play against <laughs> the top 20 every week so i think they're a little narrow minded in their point but the pga tour stole his idea and, and created these world golf championships so um he's kind of been bothered by that for 30 years and now he's come back and forming this and and i support the players that go play in the liv i, I would never say they shouldn't do that but because uh, I think they're independent contractors, they can do what they want to do. But at the same point, they can't play both because the PGA Tour has to know who's on their roster. So how they can on their field so they can promote their product. So you can't cherry pick both. Um, right. And it's, it's getting more battled. It's getting more and more testy at times. I think it's going to calm down because the players don't want to go into tournaments with all this animosity. We saw some animosity this week between Roy McElroy and and um, oh, I'm blanking. Um, I'm blanking on the name here, but uh, the, who lost his golf ball this week in the tree? Little things like that are yeah. all problems from LIV. I mean, I mean, they're both opposite LIV and PGA Tour players too. So, it's um, my thought is it's a shame, but it's something that uh, they'll have to figure out. But I think I think there's there's room for both if they want to do it, but they can't play both. Mike, I'm gonna squeeze in. One, we're gonna edit this and kind of reverse the order here in just a moment. I'm gonna ask That's you fine. one more question here. Um, uh, you bring up a great point, Mike, about your players. You get Adrian back for this kind of, if, if I'm if I'm correct, kind of a bonus year. What does it mean to 
to have again um, one of the top players, not just in college golf, but in the world back on your roster for one more one more go around. Well, that was big. And you say bonus year is correct because a lot of the top players in the country didn't play their would be their sophomore year in college. So they didn't get a chance to play in the postseason. So the NCAA, NC2A gave them another another year. And I think it's just helped in their development. And I think Adrian and Tommy, who both stayed, have seen what this extra year has done for them, their growth. And Tommy Cool is playing just as well as Adrian. I mean, Tommy's a top five player after the fall in the NCAA rankings. And and um, uh, with, with those two guys, if they can continue this um, this development they're on, this trajectory, it's good both well for them individually and our team. And to have those guys come back, I think, shows that they enjoy it here. They could have gone and turned pro and gone and worked on their own games, but I think they enjoy the atmosphere. They enjoy the university. They enjoy their teammates. And I think it's just it's a healthy thing for our program um, to have them here, a huge healthy thing because their leadership and their experience, but also their it's good for them individually. It's good. They get to grow. And they, I think they get to the more a young person, I think, in any sport or any endeavor in school or in business or whatever, if they can practice leadership and practice accountability and, and being an example and holding themselves to a higher level, it's going to help them in their profession down the road. So I think this year is going to help them become better pros just because of their added responsibility of, of, of their, of how they're playing, but also of the leadership of the team. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. We wish uh, the team lots of success and look forward to speaking with you again on the show later on this spring, uh, after you get a few more wins under your belt and get ready for uh, the postseason. Mike small of uh, Illinois golf. We appreciate it. Thanks guys. Always look forward to talking to you and call anytime. All right. Thanks Thank so much, you. Mike Small. He's the uh, head coach of the Illini men's golf team. Again, seven times in a row, Big Ten champion, and about to embark on the spring season and to go for it eighth in a row and higher. Uh, we look forward to seeing them compete in the NCAAs uh, at the end of the year as well. This segment presented by Busey Bank, proud sponsors of Illinois Athletics, as well as this fine program that you enjoy on this station every week. Stay with us. The Sports Spectacular is uh, continuing along the Illini Guys radio network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Hey, don't forget, March Madness is just weeks away, and that means the third annual Illini Guys $1,000 Bracket Challenge is right around the corner. It's free to all IlliniGuys.com members, so get in there. Sign up today so you won't be left out. You know how things happen. You put things off, and all of a sudden it's there, and your bracket's worthless to you because it's not in our field cool cash and right now free giveaways as well get all the details at alaniguys.com uh, the alani women's basketball team entering the week at 17 and 5 and ranked 24th in the coaches poll on pace for the highest single season winning percentage in program history 
as you know, we're so excited about this. We've been excited about it, though, from the beginning. We're, we're not jumping. The, we drive the bandwagon, folks. <laughs> we're not we're not just, you know, hopping on and trying to, you know, as it's going down the road. Hey, let's get right to the source. Women's assistant coach Calamity McIntyre joining us once again. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me. It's always good to, to spend a little time with you guys. Absolutely. We know that you are constantly on the run. Big weekend here coming up uh, with Minnesota coming in. Hey, you know, just take a moment. How much fun has this season, your, your first in Champaign, been for, for you and everyone who's come in, uh, the coaching staff, and uh, has been a part of this? Yeah, you know what? It's actually been a ton of fun, and it started from the very beginning. You know, when we first got into town, people showed us a lot of support right off the bat. Every time we would go out to eat, every time we were, you know, just out and about in the community, everyone was really showing us love. And, and it kind of started with that and then formulating a team. And we really have a lot of fun with this group of young women that we're coaching. And, and so just, uh, of course we didn't, I don't know that we expected this much success this quickly, but we're, we're enjoying it. And, and while we're enjoying it, we're also just taking it one day at a time. Like when you said our record just now, I was like, oh, okay. I like, I don't even keep up with like what it is. We're just worried about the next team, the next game and, and what we're doing. But it's definitely been fun, especially seeing the fans come out and support in a state farm center. Yeah. The, the fan support has been really impressive as you've gone from, you know, this has been, you know, a thousand people maybe. And then the weekend games are getting up around five to 6,000 fans. Does that really like energize you and make you feel like, Hey, something we're doing is working. It does. It does. It, it, it says that something that a lot of people are doing is working. Right. So it was fun this last, uh, this last game versus Michigan state to, to come out of that tunnel and there'd be people in the upper deck. I mean, there was a lot of people at that game and, and we recognize it. And then obviously the players feed off of it during the game. So it's also fun to hear our players talk about it. Like they realize how special it is. We know that we're establishing a home court environment and we experienced a home court environment right off the jump with going to Indiana. And there was a lot of people at that game. And whenever we crept it, you know, we, we fought back and we were right there we were a basket away from tying it and it got really loud in there. So we experienced that on the road. So to see that building in Champaign is super exciting. How, you know, at 17 and five, I mean, I don't think anybody outside of maybe the coaching staff would have predicted that record. How do you keep the team hungry when you've played so incredible so that they don't, you know, um, have it kind of lose some momentum towards the end of the regular season here? Yeah, I think the one thing that makes that easy is Coach Green's leadership has always been about one day at a time, no matter what. So, you know, I don't know if we would have predicted this number either, but we never even thought about it. We just took it literally one practice at a time. We talk a lot about going one and oh, but not just in games. Like we need to go one and oh in practice. And today we went one and oh. We won practice today. We had a great practice, great preparation for Michigan tomorrow. And so I think the messaging is easy because it's been consistent across the board and hasn't had to change growth mentality, process driven, go one and know. And as cliche as it sounds, it's just kind of been the way we have went about it. And we've been consistent with that. Yeah, Brad and I are very similar when we go and eat pizza or something like that. <laughs> we yes. just want to go one and know. And we're very meticulous, Mike. We're very meticulous. With we're undefeated, eating. too. There's nothing left behind. There's no sauce. There's no toppings and no cheese, for sure. That is phenomenal. 
<laughs> Coach, how about the, the the players? And we've talked before, as you know, Adalia, she's the Illini gal. She's um, uh, been a part of the show uh, for over a year now. As we've said before, it's fun to kind of watch her, watch you guys um, help this team develop through her eyes, through all of this. Um, but talk about kind of the, the players you had, the, the core that was here and how they've bought in to what you guys you know brought to the table from the very beginning and how that's starting to, to, to pay off now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about Adalia and she, you guys know her really, really well. And our fans know her really well because of, of her interaction with you guys also. But, you know, from Adalia to Jayla to Jada, Geo, you're, you're seeing Kendall emerge as a, a really phenomenal post player and her game just continue to rise. And so it, it's a credit to those young women because they were willing to learn, adjust, grow, develop, their skill has developed, their mindset has developed, how often they play hard has developed. You know, we had to really work on them playing really, really hard possession after possession after possession. And so seeing their mindset, their leadership, their skills, seeing all of those things develop has been really awesome. And and between Coach Green's leadership of that and their willingness to just buy in and do whatever it takes. I mean, you know, hats off to those guys because change is hard. Change is really hard. And you they've acknowledged that and then they've attacked it. And that's really and truly all you can ask for. We've had nothing but but great things to say about all of those guys that are returning. And, and as you guys see, we're we're getting production from those guys on the court. You I, I don't think any, you know, we talked about the men's team and their success in the transfer portal. Maybe it's underrated what you guys have done in the transfer portal too with Makaira Cook and Genesis Bryant and, and uh, Bryn Chupil as well. It had a great, you know, brought in some really great players. What have you, and you did that off of like, uh, almost like a hope. Well, now you've got some results to sell. Have you seen <laughs> like some, have you seen a better response maybe on the recruiting trail now that you've had some success on the court at Illinois? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a buzz around Illinois uh, with just the success that we've had so far. And then with the relationships that our staff has built over a period of time, like we're a big time relationship staff. Um, so we have seen some of that, but then we also have conversations about the portal. You know, there's, Everybody talks about the portal and, oh, there's going to be a lot of kids in it and this and that, but there's a fit for you in the portal. And you have to figure out what your niche is, what your fit is. And for us, it's been players that we have relationships with majority of the time, players we recruited the first time, players we know their families, and then also kids who have won. Like Genesis Bryant didn't get to play a lot at NC State, but she was in a winning program with a winning culture and she knows how to, she knows how to win. And then Makaira and Bryn, obviously, playing under Coach Green and our staff, and it they knew how to win also, and they also knew the system. And Makaira was highly recruited out of high school. I mean, we recruited Makaira against majority of the Big Ten and some of the SEC. So, I mean, I, I think you have to find your niche within some of that stuff in recruiting, especially when it comes to the portal. And and for us, it's it's been kids who – want relationships with their coaches, want relationships with their teammates, are really, really hard workers. And then, you know, from there, hopefully we can continue to build this thing up and and get a couple more good recruiting classes in here and keep it going. Yeah, and earlier this week on Thursday morning, IlliniGuys.com had a uh, column uh, about how Genesis Bryant, you uh, you know, proved her toughness. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that we saw when we were having 
uh, her and Adalia come and, and meet the fans at a tailgate was uh, when she first got there, she was nervous about, um, <laughs> about seeing all the fans. And yet she threw herself in with both feet. And by the end of the day, she was having a fantastic time um, and, and, and really connecting with, with Illini fans. Um, can you talk a little bit about her attitude and her willingness to go out of her comfort zone? Absolutely. Mike, you just explained her to a T. Like Jen is someone that is, she's not a big risk taker, but she's been willing to go out on a limb and she's been willing to trust. And, uh, like you said, just jump in with both feet. I mean, Jen is from the South. She's got, you know, real Southern type personality to her very sweet girl and then you get her on that court and she's a killer like she's gonna like she's gonna go at you and then she has a little flair to her game you know she'll genesis will make a couple plays that get some oohs and some ahs out of the crowd and then she'll flex on you you know she'll show those little big guns she has and you know even today with it being you know history of women in sports day in the video she talked about like how she loves that she can wear nails and get her hair done and wear makeup and then go out there and still be really tough and be a killer. And, and she's very diverse as a young lady. Um, just love her heart, love her leadership. She leads in her own way. It's not an in-your-face type leadership. She leads in a Genesis Bryant type of way. She'll pat you on the back or, hey, guys, we need a little bit more of this. Or, and, but she is a huge part of this team and the success we're having. And and you said it best, Mike. She just jumps in with both feet and she trusts. And it, and it takes that. The buy-in has been there with this whole team. And and that's, I mean, we wouldn't be able to be where we're at today without it. Yeah, she is tough as nails. And what a great addition she has been. Hey, Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks as always. And uh, best of luck this weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Have a great day. Coach, right. quick advice for Genesis. Tell her not to trust Mike in the future, though. Everybody else is fine. <laughs> You might have to tell her that one, Brad. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I let her know. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great night. I'll talk All to right, you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks. Coach Clavity McIntyre, the uh, assistant coach for the Final Eye women's team. And again, ranked in the top 25 and having just an outstanding season. Hey, more news to come, including the Orange Crush, not at Iowa this weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up. This is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare. And uh, boy, when you watch the Illinois and Iowa game Saturday on Fox, 2.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off, you're going to see something um, really unusual. No orange crush. And it's, guys, you know better than I do, it's your tradition for the crush to um, buy tickets, sneak their way into Carver Hawkeye Arena, and raise havoc as visiting fans. It's just part of college basketball, part of the Big Ten fabric, but not this time. What's going on? Yeah, so um, every year the Crush has their road trip, and obviously it was Iowa this year, and they uh, had bought 200 tickets. They have a bus 
uh, buses they were taking over there. And uh, the plan was to then, of course, wear the Iowa gear and take the shirt off and all those things. So I guess when they purchased them, um, they, they always use an alias, but it's a champagne address and it's pretty well known what's going on, right? And so uh, Iowa this time has decided to cancel the order um, just a few days before the game, and they're going to donate their tickets to the uh, Cedar Rapids Boys and Girl Club. Their Their argument is that they said they bought it under the Boys and Girls Club uh, name. Well, they just use a fictitious name all the time, but the address is obviously Champagne. It's it's a group ticket thing, and Iowa gives a group ticket discount. Um, and so that was, I guess, the the why they cancel it, because they weren't a group. Well, they were a group. It doesn't say a nonprofit group or anything like that. I, I just don't understand how you, you can either – can't buy tickets as a group or you can i mean obviously whether the orange crush or not really shouldn't matter um so it's a really odd thing because i know that there have been other groups buy tickets at other places so it's just a strange deal yeah look they they got they got caught you know if they wanted to stop them they should have seen that coming and they didn't see it coming and then of course the crush you know got got transportation over there and now they've got deposits down and and so it's just Iowa being Iowa, really. I mean, you know, it kind of is what it is. Um, and and so I guess next time the crush are going to have to figure out a different way to buy tickets to get over to Iowa. And now they'll probably be much more determined to do so. It's kind of strange. Uh, but aside from that drama, which it seems like there's always some kind of drama with Illinois and Iowa. Um, we will uh, see again what happens tipping off here on uh, the second game of that, uh, you know, afternoon double header on, on Fox and some good games coming up later, uh, Illinois uh, back home um, uh, later on this week to face Minnesota and, uh, and then a big matchup next weekend against Rutgers. Right. So that should be uh, pretty good. Um, Brad Underwood talking on uh, Tuesday night uh, after the big win over Nebraska, one that again, his defense was just outstanding. Uh, no points allowed in the final four and a half minutes, only six points allowed in the final 12, uh, just uh, holding the Huskers to two of 14 shooting. Just a fantastic effort down the stretch that's become a staple of Brad Underwood teams, especially uh, late in the season. Here's a bit of that press conference from Tuesday night. Three-point shooting, five for 29. Nebraska forces you to shoot a lot of threes with the way they play. What's it take for you? What's it going to take for you guys to knock down more shots from the perimeter to kind of open up things? Let me know when you figure it out. You shoot a million of them. Um, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's. Um, I say this every day. Um, RJ Melendez is a really, really good shooter, and the ball's not going in. And you know, we'll see if uh, you know that's where we 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 get a you know Luke Goody back if that helps. Uh, we've seen Matt Meyer go on huge runs. I thought he took some really hard shots tonight. Um, you know, we need Coleman's three-point shooting. He's been uh, fighting a little wrist injury. I don't think we've ever seen you come out from halftime with as much time left as you did. What was behind that? What the? You know, I wasn't going to sit there and re-diagram anything up. Or um, I pretty much said it in 30 seconds to a minute, and and uh, you know, didn't wasn't really in the mood to listen to my staff at that time so i just came out and had a few peaceful moments and enjoyed the fans and looked up and saw a lot of orange and realized how 
and how fortunate I am to be a basketball coach at Illinois. Is this the kind of night, as a complimentary piece, you could see Ty Rogers being? Yeah, he's six offensive rebounds. I mean, those six extra possessions are huge. And, uh, you know, he's he's invaluable to our team, and he's he, he works so hard every day. Coach, kind of weathered the storm of a couple of runs, one in the first half and that one to start the second half. But what does that say about the resilience of this group, uh, especially with it being such a young group and an experienced group, to be able to uh, – to weather those storms and, and come away with a run of your own. We're, we're doing that. I don't. I wish we weren't. But I also understand we're playing the second best conference in college basketball, and these teams are really, really good. And uh, you're going to get uh, teams make baskets. You're not just going to shut them out. And uh, uh, we would we would love to have that. But you know, I think it's a lot of growth. I think it's a lot of. Uh, mix and matching, finding the right lineups that work sometimes. Tonight it was the two freshmen off the bench and it was all defense. Didn't have anything to do with, I wasn't thinking one thing about an offensive substitution. A lot of times I do, but uh, you know, a lot of times it's just mixing and matching until you find it and uh, we got stopped and these guys are tough and they're fighting like crazy. And you know, when you win, like I said, you win seven of eight in this league, you're doing some things all right and you're, and you're, and you're getting a little tougher. Yeah, Illinois has a history of getting better at the end of the season under Brad Underwood. I mean, you look at his record in in January and February, they obviously get better. But this team is this team is uh so good defensively. We mentioned earlier, even when they struggle on offense, they're, when you're good defensively, you have a chance to win the game and and they've been winning games not just barely winning them. In fact, in their streak here, of seven of eight, all seven wins by at least nine points. So they're actually controlling a lot of the action, but they're really doing it because they are locking teams down. Wisconsin scored 16 points in the first half, and then uh, Nebraska scores 19 points in the second half. Two teams in a row they've held under 20 points for a half. It's pretty good defense. And look, the bottom line is, is when it comes to January, that's when uh, Brad Underwood teams, like literally it's like watching – the Millennium Falcon take off. They just fly, you know, up into the upper atmosphere. And that's what we're seeing. He gets his teams uh, primed to play in the Big Ten season. And maybe he just has to push a little bit to not have a couple games in December for the Big Ten. And that'll help him even even more. Trying to dig out of a hole. And again, they uh, uh, first team, or they make that the second team, first team since Purdue to get to seven wins in conference uh, Rutgers has joined them since they did that. And by the way, again, those two teams meet against Champaign. For their only meeting next week, that should be pretty good. But for now, it's going to be the Iowa Hawkeyes on Saturday. And uh, Illinois, again, doing well against the Hawkeyes the past couple of seasons. Stay with us uh, right here. This is the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular on the Atlanta Guys Radio Network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it, because that's our mission, your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, the on-air light is lit. I guess it means we're back on the air. Thankfully, we weren't saying anything wrong while we're off the air. 
Larry Smith, Mike Angley, Brad Sturdy. Hey, we have a Super Bowl next weekend. Eagles and Chiefs in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, guys, we've talked before. It's been a, a great postseason in the NFL. A, a bit of controversy last week um, to get here, but I really love this matchup we're going to see next week with the Philly and KC. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it, these have probably been the two best teams all year. You know, the best team in the NFC and best team in the AFC. I think that's the safe to say. And, you know, it, it wasn't – Philadelphia has really probably been more dominant than, than we probably give them credit for in the NFC. They've done a really good job. And, and they've gotten some breaks. Obviously, it helps when the other team doesn't have any quarterbacks to play. Um, that, that does help your cause. But – but uh, yeah, I, I really like this matchup. I, I think that Kansas City is going to be better because they're going to be a little more healthy. Patrick Mahomes be a little more mobile uh, with you know a couple weeks off to get get his ankle healthy, and so I, I think this is a fun matchup. I mean, it's the first time we've had two African American quarterbacks on each team. I think that's cool. Um, you know, I, I think it just shows the the growth of the NFL and society and, and just giving these guys opportunities. Look, I think this is uh, the primetime matchup that we all would have expected. Um, and I, I want these guys to get healthy as quickly as possible. So we get to see a fantastic game. I think this could go down as one of the, the best games uh, that we've had in the last 25 years. This Philadelphia team is amazing. You know, they won, they won a Super Bowl in 2017, you know, with, with uh, Doug Peterson. They got rid of him and rebuilt their program, and now they're back in a Super Bowl here in 2023. Pretty impressive move. And, of course, Pat Mahomes, five AFC championship games in a row. Um, there's a lot of storylines that make this intriguing beyond just the quality of the teams. Just crazy when you think about it. I mean, it really is what he's done out there. And I know some people are tired of seeing him, but I'm like, yeah, I think you may be seeing Mahomes and Burrow. I mean, maybe like the Brady and Manning of this generation. Uh, they may just be, you know, those guys uh, there. Um, and then, yeah, put a cap on the 49ers. Uh, what team has ever lost uh, four quarterbacks, right? And and be in the NFC Championship game. I mean, it's just to your point, you know, hate it for them. Uh, you know, Eagles, great. You, you deserved it. That's fine. But um, you just think of what might have been. You know, if they just had a healthy quarterback for the for the title game. Um, well, more to discuss next weekend. We'll be sure to get your picks, both of you. Uh, let's turn down to Big Ten hoops. And uh, it's like you have nine small cubes. Uh, you throw them up in the air each weekend, and the order in which they land is their order behind Purdue for the week ahead. That's just how random it feels. And we have a couple of teams that have been on both ends of the spectrum in the new year. Indiana won five straight to a raise, a one and four start. Illinois was 0-3 to start, but winners of seven of eight to go from last place to second place in four weeks' time. And who knows what will happen next week, guys? Yeah, they're all playing for second place. And you can legit make a case for every team outside of probably maybe Ohio State, Nebraska, and Minnesota that they're going to get there. I mean, you you could literally make that argument. And I, I can't tell you who's going to make it because about the time you think somebody, oh, you know, they're making the, they're going to be really good. If we look back in December, Illinois beats UCLA and Texas, right? Oh, they're going to be, you know, at top. Now, then they lose three in a row and start 0-3 in the Big Ten. Indiana ranked in the top 10, as you say, get off to a one and four start league play. It's like, then they start playing well. And then, you know, they have a letdown at Maryland. So these are kind of, it's just kind of chaos, you know I mean? Which is, I guess it's fun though, right? Yeah. And I think part of it is, you know, the coaching is so good in the Big Ten that 
you know, aside from maybe one or two teams who shall remain nameless, you know, you're going to have to, to be effective on offense to score. Um, and, and so those nights that you, you don't shoot well, or those nights that your defense doesn't live up to your opponent, you're going to go home with a W or excuse me, an L or maybe a W, you know, who knows? It's, it, it's, it's kind of a random effect, but, but I'll tell you that this, this league doesn't afford you much, much room for error. And um, it, it makes for exciting games going down to the last few minutes, almost night after night. What, what great entertainment the big 10 is putting on television for fans. Are you not entertained, Mike? <laughs> I am until, until, until I have to watch a game where the, we get to see a bunch of whistles, but beyond that, the game, the games have been wonderful. Well, I think that's the great thing is that you literally never know. I think about the other night um, when we saw Indiana at Maryland. We know how how tough uh, Maryland's home court is. Hoosiers come up short, five-game win streak ends. Uh, Northwestern had a chance to be in second place by themselves. Um, Iowa played some defense down the stretch. Hey, and, you know, and they, and they get the win, um, you know, with their good offense. Uh, Illinois was uh, losing to Nebraska midway through the second half, and they come back and win going away. So, Literally every single night is exciting because you really, truly, the teams are such parity. You don't know uh, where they are. And one other point, too, you mentioned you know Illinois in, uh, in second place in the Big Ten. Seven wins in the Big Ten. Uh, they're the second to get there after Purdue. Uh, of those, six of them versus the bottom four in the league. Uh, who would have thunk that Wisconsin and Ohio State would be among the bottom four? I mean, if the, if the tournament began tomorrow, those four would be playing uh, on the first night as the four lowest teams. It's, it's crazy. Well, and, and think about this, Larry, Penn state is in 10th now Ooh. and they're, they're five and six yeah. and Illinois seven and four. Literally. That's what we're talking about. Second place, 10th place is two games apart. And next week it could be totally different. And next week, Brad will add and subtract other numbers to give you great math, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I got Mike's, Mike's still trying to figure out how to add and subtract. So he won't be doing that. Next yeah. I'm week. trying to figure out how did Brad come up with those numbers so quickly, <laughs> but you know, I, it, I, I will say I have a sheet in front of me. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't like to leave it to memory, Brad. I like to have the <laughs> answers right there, but you know, the, the, the funny thing was, is I didn't have a lot of expectations for Wisconsin this season. So I felt like I kind of nailed that team. But yet, as soon as I say that, I thought Ohio State was going to be really good, and they're behind Wisconsin. So um, basically, if, if I'm putting down some picks, just put money on exactly opposite what I say, and you're going to be a very wealthy That's person. That's why I have a Lamborghini, Mike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the one team we haven't talked about, Purdue, they just keep rolling uh, You know, nine straight wins. They just decimated that Penn State team you talked about. Uh, 80-60 that went into Champaign and won by double digits um, that beat uh, Michigan by double digits at home last week. So it is just, uh, to your point, it's it's just all over the place. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. Stay with us. Commercial break time and much more just ahead after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth. 
since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160-800-390-5160-800-390-5160-That's 800-390-5160. Guys, NCAA Selection Sunday is now just five weeks away. Destination Houston, the site of this year's Final Four. We like to call the experts here on Big Sports Radio. And John Gassaway, writer for ESPN.com, certainly fits the bill. John, welcome back to the show. Good, good to talk to you again. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. A- absolutely. Uh, hey, let's just start off the top. Um, you, you've covered basketball as long as we have, if not longer, but a fan of it, of course, uh, like we have for decades is this the craziest season you've seen where literally there's one or two teams, but this is really is there are seriously 20 to 25 teams that have a shot at this come March. Yeah. And that means that maybe it'll be all four number one seeds in the right. final four. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when we think we've got everything figured out, you know, and these are going to be the, these are going to be the teams. And that's when like it's uh Yukon in 2014, you know, like a seven or an eight seed. Um, so you just don't know. It's fun while we're going through it. And uh, I, I do have that feeling. Uh, I don't see anybody. Uh, dominant and and scary out there, and that's that's no offense at all against your your Purdue's or your Tennessees or or you know up until a, a game ago Alabama they've they've all looked great, but uh, everybody has uh, had a stretch where they look beatable, and uh, it it looks like it's going to be a fun uh, rest of the way. Here we are, February already, and I, yeah. I can't wait. John, I want to ask you about the Big Ten. The Big Ten, uh, obviously, you have Purdue at the top. Is there then? It's just like this complete, like jumbled mess of teams between three and eleven. It seems like. I mean, it's just uh, they're just all right there, and you feel like anyone can win. What are your thoughts on the Big Ten? And what teams kind of stand out to you outside of Purdue? Uh, I couldn't have put it better myself. I want to underline a complete jumbled mess uh that i need a t-shirt that says that uh because after purdue and you know maybe above minnesota maybe above nebraska that's what you've got uh everybody is is alike in the standings i like to look at uh, how teams do on each possession and in terms of that uh illinois comes in at a solid second place way down from purdue but still second place well uh, for anybody who's, and you know, that's great <laughs> as an yeah. Illinois graduate, yeah. I'm happy with that. I'd rather have that than, than lower, but, uh, also as an Illinois graduate and fan, I, I look at the standings. I'm like, Hmm, we've got a lot of our wins against these, these teams at the bottom of the conference and not so many against the teams at the top. <laughs> when we start playing those teams <laughs> further up, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. So it's a big jumbled mess. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis has looked fantastic at times, uh, especially at Illinois, of course. Um, and you don't, you know, you, you still uh, want to see, you know, what 
some teams. Uh, Rutgers is uh, amazing at times on defense, and uh, Iowa, we know we know what they're capable of on offense. Uh, Murray looks like a chip off the old block. It seems like the Big Twelve is the is the premier conference, um, at least when you look at the analytics and you look at where all these teams that are ranked at the top. And they've got a couple of, uh, you know, they got a first year guy and also a guy who took over mid season and just done fantastic jobs. Is now, what are your thoughts on that conference? Because, I mean, obviously there's Kansas, but Kansas State, and th- there's a little bit of parity where they're kind of eating each other up right now, too. And so, how, how are they, how's that going to shake out for them, you think? The Big 12 is a tremendous watch uh, to me, and I, I watch a lot of basketball. And in all honesty, um, I, if I can uh, just bear my soul here, uh, the Big 12 was just as good, just as strong uh, last year, not as good a watch. Uh, and I, I was checking the numbers to make sure I was right, and I was. Uh, hooray, you know, my eyes were correct. Uh, they're they're uh, at a, playing at a much better pace this year, uh, scoring more points, committing fewer turnovers. And uh, if you haven't seen uh, Baylor in its new uh, incarnation with, with three guards just tearing it up, uh, Keontae George fully delivering on the promise, uh, do so. Uh, Wilson and Grady Dick with Kansas just uh, doing everything right. So uh, it's, a, it's not only a strong league, it's fun to watch. There's, there's just a couple uh, things not uh, – not reservations, but uh, enhancements of description that I want to add to the Big 12. Uh, As incredible as they are uh, in their rankings, um, the last time I was glancing, um, they don't really have any teams at the very, very top. You know, I mean, when I earlier here in the discussion, I was saying, oh, Purdue, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, whomever, Houston, of course, um, you don't necessarily get a get to a big 12 team that fast. So before we rush off to the coronation, uh, I want to see the great team. Uh, I want to see whatever, whoever is going to inherit the mantle of uh, Kansas from last year. And then the other thing that always strikes me, uh, and I first observed this, this is going way back, but like with the uh, old format, Big East, circa, you know, 10, more like 12 years ago. I think it was 12 years ago when they got 11 teams and they were great, you know, into the tournament. But what happens when you have a league like that, like the Big 12 is this year, is any game outcome makes people go, wow, what a strong league. (laughs) And it's just striking because, like, you can lose the last pe- last place team. And they go, you go, what a strong league. In the Big Ten, you know, if we lose the last place team, it's like, wow, your team is bad. You know, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's just this self-ratcheting, you know, mechanism. Any outcome at all says, you know, it's a strong league. It's a strong league. It is, but it's just, it's fun and it's curious to, to watch that in operation. Well, in some fan bases, any outcome means your team isn't as good as you think either. Um, right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the other thing I was going to ask you is, and, and, I, and I love to get thoughts here, but we know it's, it's five weeks out until Selection Sunday. But can you give us, you know, like, you, you know, your one favorite, you know, it may be easy to pile on Purdue, but maybe you don't feel like they're your favorite. Um, and then is there a team out there that you consider to be a dark horse that – you know, if the chips fall right, could be this year's NC State with Jim Balvano. 
Yeah, I'm not uh, not ready to unveil my my final four at the at the start of February. I do want to put a, a plug in though for Bubble Watch that's uh, coming next yep. week. Everybody, everybody, join the fund to see uh, who's going to make it. And uh, I, I'll I will uh, because my editors uh, asked me before the season name a final four, and I did. And then they asked me again uh, a couple of weeks ago. They said this is mid season. Uh, I will say that the two teams that I did pick both times uh, that I've stuck with so far, uh, so half a Final Four, <laughs> are uh, Houston and Tennessee. Uh, I thought they would look good. So far, they've looked, uh, you know, pretty good. Obviously, they they both drop games uh, to on surprising occasions, no less. But uh, overall, they've looked good. And then I'm not sure if this team I'm about to name is a dark horse. I, I just think they're under discussed i don't think people have um got caught on to the fact that uh, st mary's is really good <laughs> people are just used to st mary's being the second banana yeah yeah yeah. west coast conference they'll they'll look good you know they'll give gonzaga a run for its money but they won't really beat gonzaga we've seen it we've seen it we've seen it um this might be the year they beat gonzaga and you know coming up they're going to they're going to play the first two games We'll see. And these could be uh, famous last words, but uh, man, they've been impressive so far. And they've, uh, they, they're, uh, they're leading the West Coast Conference uh, to this point. And uh, I've definitely got my eye on the Gales. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And what a job uh, Randy Bennett's done out there. You're right. I mean, when can you get into February and say St. Mary's has a better resume than Gonzaga? Right. Hey, John Gasway, thanks so much again for your time. And um, we know you're super busy and we can get you on again uh, in March. But if not, we'll definitely talk to you again down the line. Guys, thank you. It's always a pleasure and uh, enjoy the season. Hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. We certainly will. Thank you. John Gasway, ESPN.com is where you can find him. Great work as always. Always good. Uh, we appreciate his time and his insights. Uh, stay with us. Much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. She's the Illini Gal, and a great piece on her uh, on IlliniGuys.com this week by writer Matt Stevens on her work with Coach Green to get back to her A game. Adaya McKenzie joining us now ahead of the 24th ranked Illini home game versus Minnesota on Sunday. Adaya, always good to have you. Uh, tell us about that exchange. What prompted you to, to go to Coach Shauna Green? Uh, looking for some help? Uh, honestly, I just know that she has a lot of knowledge. And in my eyes, she's the best coach in the world. So I just want to use my resources. And, you know, honestly, Coach Green would come to me, you know, and give me confidence and just talk to me on the things I need to work on. So just working with her is something I really needed to do. And I did it. That, you know, it's it's always great to see that that kind of relationship you can get with your coaches and and that relationship building. What what's been the the mindset for you guys from the coaches as you've gone from kind of being the hunter, 
like where you were kind of the nobody talked about Illinois, and now you're a little bit of the hunted where teams are saying, hey, this is if we can beat them, we're beating a really good team. And it sounds crazy, but it's almost like a great deal of respect when teams get excited when they actually beat you. You know what I mean? It used to be like, well, we're supposed to beat them. Now it's like, we beat Illinois. It's like a big deal. How's that change for you? Yeah, um, I guess I'll say it feels good, you know, feel like the big dog. But I know uh, as a team and like what Coach Green we talked about, still having that hunter mindset, you know, don't get so caught up and just – how do I say? Got getting comfortable with getting the wins, you know what I'm saying? We still got to hunt everybody, but it really irritates me when I hear, like, when we lost to Purdue and I heard them screaming so loud, I'm like, it eating me up. But, you know, it feels good to, like, know we got our respect and we're really building something. So now that you uh, you have your mojo back, um, does that give you, like, even more fire to want game day to be here quicker? Yes, for sure. I was really hungry for the Michigan State game, and now this Michigan game, um, you know, I was, like, really fired up. I'm always fired up for game days, but, like, it's different when you had a major setback, you know? Now it's a major comeback, all caps, though. Looking back at um, you've been with us now for, you know, more than a year. This is year two, and um, (laughs) – Which is, it's just so cool, right? Which, which is very cool. And, you know, we were telling um, Coach McIntyre last hour here in the Sports Spectacular that it's been a real joy for us to watch um, this new coaching staff implement what they want from you through your eyes, what they want from the entire team. Um, when you think back to last summer and, and she was talking about all the hard work and getting you guys like to play every possession, you can't take any off. Um what stands out as maybe the, the biggest difference from those opening workouts, just simple fundamentals last April to now, I mean, being ranked. I mean, I, I you know, I know this is what, where you wanted to be, but no one could have imagined uh, this kind of success this quickly. What do you think about when you think about the, the difference between, you know, in the last uh, nine, 10 months? Yeah. Um, the difference I think about is just like the grind that was happening in the summer. Like that was probably the hardest summer I've ever went through, you know, and not just physically, but like mentally is a lot of mental work, you know, changing my mindset. Like this isn't last year's team. We're not doing what last year's team was doing, you know. So, but just thinking about how far we've came and how fast it's happened, it's really something I'm grateful about. And it's just something that makes me more hungry because like if we came this far, this fast with the work we did in a certain amount of time, how much more can we do, you know, for the years ahead of us? So it's just something like really good. And I feel like I get so cheesy, like when I think about it, because this is really something that just makes me happy. Another thing that probably makes you happy is seeing uh, an arena with five to six thousand people uh, yeah. at your home games. What's that? What's how's that make you feel? Is it like feel like this is kind of cool? You know, we did this. You know, a lot of people work together, but we did this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember like just going to the men's game. I was like, bro. This is gonna. This is how our games are gonna be. Like we're gonna get more people like this. Like the men's game is sold out, like all the way up to the nosebleed. And just to see like the bowl, you know, filled up, like it just feels really good. Like we have the support, and then also some of the things that the men games at the men games they have like the fire, 
and they'll have the loud bass and now I'd be seeing that we have that and it just gives me hyped up because I remember at the mid game like we're gonna have this y'all I'm telling y'all right now we're gonna have this stuff so just seeing it, it just gets me hyped up and I love during warm-ups when I see everybody walking in and it says 55 minutes on the clock I'm like oh yeah like we're gonna have a big crowd tonight yeah and and I when when you came on the screen when you were uh supporting the Illini uh, men's basketball team <laughs> we were all pointing at the screen going we know her that's the Illini gal so um when when you guys go to the games like that um you know do the two teams talk to one another about you know uh pumping up the crowd and trying to be there and provide the most support for the men and women's team back and forth yeah, for sure. Um, I know Orange Crush really love them. I appreciate them. Their support like is really appreciated. And it's different for the men's side. They be talking a lot of trash to the men coaches, like the opponent. I don't see them doing that for us because like <laughs> they don't really sit behind the bench. But it's just cool to see that like having that match support, you know. Yeah. And we should point out before we let her go that that what Mike was talking about was uh, on during the Ohio State game, um, the the deal. It's the promotion that if an opposing uh, player misses both free throws at the line, you get free McNuggets. And so uh, there was a one missed free throw. Adalia was screaming. The camera found her again. She's screaming even louder. And uh, Adalia, how were those nuggets? Amazing. <laughs> yes, I was eager to get those nuggets. I will guarantee she was also dancing. Is that not true? Yes. yes. Always. I was. Literally yeah. the whole time. Always. <laughs> well, it's it's awesome you're having so much fun. We're having fun watching you guys uh, have fun. We know there's so much work uh, behind the scenes, and we appreciate you giving us a glimpse each week. The Illini gal, Adaya McKenzie, good luck this weekend, and we'll talk with you next week. Thank you. All right. Appreciate that. Adaya McKenzie, always on the run, but she stops to talk to us, the Illini gal, Adalia, every week here. Uh, and again, now starting her second year as part of our team here at Illini Guys, and we're so thankful to have her with us. More Sports Spectacular coming up after this. Free Nuggets. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Uh, so you can look around and seeing what else is happening. How about the Australian Open? We haven't talked about, uh, you know, we're talking goats. How about Novak Djokovic and what he's done? 10th Aussie Open title, and he now uh, is tied for the most uh, Grand Slams ever. I mean, he's just fantastic. This era that we just went through in tennis with these three guys, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, it was almost impossible for anybody else to do anything in tennis. Djokovic is dominating the Australian Open. Nadal dominating the French Open. Federer dominating at Wimbledon. It's just, it's in, it's crazy that we've seen these three guys be so good. In a different era, any of these three guys probably win 30 majors. Yeah. That's how good they are. But they had to play against each other during this time period. I think the Joker is the best of all time now. I think he's the GOAT, and I think he's going to win more majors this year. He is, he, he, he's special. And I, I wasn't a fan years ago, and now I just watch him and, he was so dominant in the Australian Open that it was almost like no everybody else was playing a, a different game than him. Well, and you feel sorry for the guys who are talented, but not quite at that level because, you know, you, you can't even have that one rare, you know, break into the top because 
when you've got three dominant players, one of the three of them is going to play at their level any given, any given, you know, week. And then you're like, well, great. I I'm playing for, you know, fourth place or sixth place or, you know, you know, whatever. It's like, goodness gracious. And, and again, remember that he missed some matches because of the whole COVID vaccination thing. Couldn't so, travel and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He could have even more. And like you said, he, he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. So he could put no. this thing up into the high twenties before he decides to, um, you know, again, unless Nadal steps in and keeps him from it. So, but you're right. Great era in tennis. We're watching uh, some of the all-time greats uh, ever uh, in the history of sport, not just tennis. Speaking of all-time greats, uh, turning to golf now, Rory McIlroy, not quite there, though certainly building his legendary status. Um, but this, Brad, we were talking in the break about the just the feud in golf right now. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, the, the big story was, you know, Patrick Reed going up to Rory McIlroy, and Rory squatted down, and Patrick wants to shake his hand, and Rory just acted like he wasn't even there. So Patrick, ne- Patrick Reed throws a tee back. It's this big you know and it was made a big deal out of it It probably wasn't as big a deal but it just goes then when they get interviewed you know it's funny these guys legit do not like each other and and it goes back to you know some of these liv subpoenas and things going out and this animosity so these guys have to play against each other on, on some of these you know on the dp world tour and some of the majors and things like that that kind of transcend you know the two tours so this is uh it's fun to watch this kind of animosity because I think it makes for better, more exciting because sometimes golf can be boring. Yeah. You know, I always thought it was great when Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau didn't like each other. I think this is great. Let's, let's have a little animosity and, you know, see how that works out. You remember how guys, when they used to talk trash to Tiger Woods, like one time, and then it usually didn't end very well. I, <laughs> I'm always for, I'm always up for that. Yeah, I'm waiting for the broadcast right here. You know, Rory's got a chair. He's got a chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we might hear from a fan, but still, it's a <laughs> hey, you know. the, the PGA, the LIV, and the WWE. <laughs> I all tell in you one, what, baby. I'll tell you what, I, I don't care what anybody says, that would get some ratings. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? That would get some ratings. So yeah. The hole in one match. Love <laughs> ratings. How about the Monday night's about to be taken over by this new golf league started by Rory? Uh, and Tiger Woods. And, you know, who knows? You could have a thing where, listen, you know, um, I don't know, throw the rules out. And if you're, you know, I don't know, if you're no holds barred golfing match. That's right. If you're in the fringe just off the green, well, if you wrestle the other guy and pin him within 20 seconds, you get to move your ball halfway in. I mean, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is seriously going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, some, some team matches. And I think it's considering who's behind this. Uh-huh. I think it's got some legs. Well, and do you see who they've got? You know, John Rahm and Colin Morikawa and obviously Rory and Tiger, who are the biggest names in golf, Justin Thomas, um, Adam Scott. I mean, this this is like a this is a who's who of professional golf on the PGA Tour. And this is going to be fun. I mean, honestly, I'll watch this just because it's going to be entertaining. And, you know, anytime you can we're getting to the point where we're not going to get to watch Tiger play golf much more. Every opportunity we get to watch Tiger play golf. And and Tiger's not the biggest name in golf, you could argue he's still the biggest name in sports um, with, with the crowds he draws and the money he draws, uh, you know, so TV it, ratings. It, yeah. The TV. I mean, when you put him on a cover of a magazine, you put him on the TV, you know, people show up to watch. So um, this, this has legs. And I think it's kind of an easy one 
you know, if there was, if you could invest in it, this would be a good stock to put your money into. I, I could not agree more. It starts next January. Um, as Brad was saying, the committed players so far include a lot of fan favorites combined 26 major championships and 149 PGA tour wins. The, the deal is there'll be six teams of three players each. They'll compete in 15 regular season Monday night matches and then the semifinals and finals. And again, all this starts in, in January. And the cool thing is um, fans will be able to see every shot live over a two-hour broadcast on primetime TV. Um, I think this is going to be huge. I, I can't wait my, to see it. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, stay with us. Much more to come after this. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. You know, we've talked so much about Big Ten expansion, certainly with USC and UCLA joining. Now it's next year, now that we've turned the calendar. Haven't talked about it in 2023. Kind of scary that it's less than 18 months away when those two uh, join in and and make it the Big 16, if you will, in the Big Ten. Uh, and still, again, possibly some more uh, West Coast teams uh, to come, to go to the Big Ten. Uh, but a great story by our friend uh, Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com this week, talking about um, where the Pac-12 goes from here. And he makes an argument for San Diego State, um, not just facilities, a brand new 35,000-seat football stadium to replace Qualcomm. That's just a state-of-the-art uh, uh, you know, piece of work there. Um, but also, even in terms of academics and things they're doing to get their academic level up um, to try to match some of the other schools academically in the, the Pac-12, should they come calling? Well, I'd go visit San Diego, too. They can join the Big Ten. I'd I welcome going to this new stadium. Uh, looks really nice, and I hear the weather's okay. So, no, I, I think it's great. It makes sense. You know, this makes sense from a fit. I mean, this is a program that, you know, could could do well there and could be kind of a great selling point there in Southern California. Well, and, and, and look, that's part of why Brad is the person that he is. He's willing to take the bullet for the rest of us and go to San Diego. I mean, you got to <laughs> give him credit for that. A lot of people wouldn't be willing to do that. Thank you, Brad. Um, I'm a giver, Mike. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I think um, San Diego State would be a nice option. Um, it gets, you know, a, again, they they kind of are have put themselves in a position to, um, you know, to take advantage of of some of the unrest that the Big Ten has caused. So, tip of tip of a hat to them. I'm not certain if they planned that stadium with this in mind, but I would certainly claim that I did if I was down there at San Diego State. Good option for the Pac-12. 
Yeah, and it sounds like it's a really cool stadium. Uh, the football coach, Brady Hoke, said there are more bars in that stadium than there are in most cities in the U.S. So it's one uh, great history of craft beers there uh, in San Diego. And so, it, you know, here's the thing. You know, before I read it, I thought, San Diego State, I can't see that. Um, but when you think about the argument saying, you know, the smaller stadium is okay in an era that it's harder to fill big stadiums, yep. um, you know, that's not a bad deal with so many people who stay home. And you do some of the things in terms of to try to get the different, um, uh, you know, the younger audience to come in. It's not a bad idea. So, um, you know, we'll see. Of course, the Pac-12 says this new media rights deal expected sometime here in the first quarter of 2023, according to Dodd. Uh, Amazon, a part of that. Uh, again, USC, UCLA leaving next year. We know there are other teams in the mix as well. But it sounds like they're, Dodd is saying there are worse possibilities um, than what uh, – they can have with the Aztecs at San Diego state and already uh, you know, a very strong basketball program and football again, try to make some things happen as well. Uh, meanwhile, um, big 12 meetings are coming up and it's interesting that, you know, we've heard some rumors about possibly uh, Gonzaga. And uh, again, another Dennis Dodd story says that, yeah, that's on the docket when they get together. That's really interesting. Obviously it doesn't help from a, uh, a football standpoint. Um, but, you know, the one thing is maybe Gonzaga is trying to get out from under the, you know, the the St. Mary's uh, umbrella there, you know, since <laughs> so maybe that's it. No, but <laughs> I think the uh, Gonzaga, I think it'd be good for them from the standpoint, obviously, to get more me- money, media deal, things that they're getting out there. But also, I, I think from a competition standpoint, that would make that an elite basketball conference, mm-hmm. you know, with even without Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I, Oklahoma basketball right now outside of the one game isn't very good. So yeah, you lose Texas, but you know, with Kansas and Gonzaga and these schools that are really basketball driven, I think that could be a really cool uh, thing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a shades of the old big East where they had some part of their, their group didn't play uh, football and the other part did. So who knows the big 12 is, is looking, you know, to stay relevant without Texas and Oklahoma. I'm a big one for trying to find a way to do that. And certainly Gonzaga has built a national brand. So, um, you know, take the car for a whirl and see how it goes, I guess. I guess one of the positives is that it's uh, it gives BYU a partner to play with. Um, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida all joining, of course, this summer, uh, the Big 12, uh, ahead of uh, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. But, boy, travel. That means you're going from, you know, Spokane, Washington, which is an outpost, all the way down to Orlando, right? I mean, that is just a forever. Um, How many connectors do you think that'll take? <laughs> or they do a charter. How many times you got to stop and gas up on the way? You know, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> crazy. But you're right. You know, I mean, I think in some ways, um, look, we, you know, BYU is leaving the West Coast Conference in basketball um, to go to the Big Twelve. Um, you know, St. Mary's it has just you know really done such a great job in basketball. They've kind of caught. Gonzaga this year, right? So I think you're right. It does. There are so many advantages to this um, in terms of the the basketball side of this. Boy, the Big 12 already is just a powerhouse. It just becomes that much harder if this comes to pass. Yeah, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, this all this conference realignment stuff. It's all, you know, it's I, in some cases with some of these conferences. I, I almost wonder sometimes if they're rearranging deck chairs, but. Because I think eventually it's going to become the super conferences, and I think that's what they're pushing towards. But it's really going to be interesting to see it how it, how it shakes out. Because from my perspective, I see where it should go. Now, can people make it 
go to those things because it, there's things that make sense and then there are things that don't make sense. Yeah, well, if, at least if the NCAA is not involved, there's a chance that the don't make sense won't be done. If the NCAA was in charge, Lord knows what would happen. Um, I do think the real X factor here is is if if the Big 12 were to bring in Gonzaga, what happens if Gonzaga is basketball is just Mark Few and 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 he retires and now you've got a school that doesn't play football and they go back down to the Gonzaga that we never heard of, you know, mm. uh, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because Gonzaga basketball is excellent, but is it is it the coach or is it the the program? We'll find out, I guess. That's a great point, uh, but it's interesting. I think to you, it it is clear that even though further expansion may not happen for several months or several years, it's obvious that everyone is jumping in, at least having the conversation now, because things are constantly in flux, even though they're not moving on the outside and nothing definitive is happening in terms of uh, final decision decisions and movement. Certainly these conversations are happening. And so something happening at some point is, uh, is eminent, including me seeing, saying happening again. Okay. I'm going to find my top teeth and we're going to come back with more after this. That just happened. <laughs> at Busey Bank. We understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, it's going to happen here in the next uh, few days, couple of weeks. LeBron James is going to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And guys, you know, this is a record. I, I didn't know if Kareem would ever be caught, and certainly LeBron's the guy to do it. I don't know if LeBron, when he finally stops playing, he may be like a Tom Brady. And go on for another two or three years and get this thing up to, you know, 43, 44,000 or something. Yeah, I, I think he could make this record like some of the other records, you know, where it's like unattainable. Uh, right now, I mean, the all time rebound record is unattainable. Nobody's passing Wilt Chamberlain. Um, the all time assist record is John Stockton and no one's close. All time steals, John Stockton. No one's coming close. So I think LeBron could do that with the scoring record where no one's getting there. Um, you know, and you know, all-time shot blocks, Hakeem Olajuwon, and not nobody's close. So yeah, I think LeBron could 
extend this point total past 40,000. Um, I don't know how long he's going to play. Uh, you know, he said he wanted to play with Bronny. So I guess we'll see, uh, see if that ever hap- comes to fruition. Yeah. You know, I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, I didn't think I would see a player who could compete with Michael Jordan again. And then, you know, LeBron comes along. So, and then you see like, well, LeBron's physically such a one-time event and then Giannis comes along. So who knows, you know, maybe, maybe somebody will come through that we'll all be amazed by. I do think that the one thing that the current athletes have is, is they take such good care of themselves that they can play later in their careers because you don't hear now, maybe they happen, but you don't hear stories of LeBron, you know, like uh, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, you know, coming to coming, you know, getting a couple beers and smoking some cigarettes in the locker room right after the game. So, um, you know, maybe we will see somebody take him on, but they're going to have to have an awful lot of nights and they're going to have to get out of college pretty early you know, to, to do that and, and stay healthy. And that's the thing yeah. that I thought would take LeBron down. It took down Kobe, you know, Kobe appeared at one point on, on base until injuries uh, did him in. And LeBron, again, just a, a physical freak of nature. I won't go as far as Jeff Van Gundy, who actually called him during a live game, a guy with superhuman strength. I won't go that far. Cause he's no, he's not Popeye and he's not Superman and he's not <laughs> Batman and he's not Black Panther. Um, he's just LeBron James. He is a man. But his durability, considering the minutes he's logged with all the playoff games and extended playoffs, more than what you had 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, NBA players back in the day didn't play in the Olympics. LeBron's played, I think, four. Um, a ton of minutes he's put on his body, and yet he's still performing at a high level. So, you know, give him credit for that. Um, but, yeah, you've got to have the health thing as well. You know, you mentioned assists. Um you know, LeBron also, Brad, you pointed out, is currently fourth all-time in assists, too. I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah, he's fourth all-time in assists be, uh, behind Chris Paul and um, and uh, Jason Kidd and, of course, uh, John Stockton, who is, uh, you know, he just passed Steve Nash uh, to move into that to that air, rarefied air there, I guess. Um, the crazy part about it is I think, you know, Chris Paul, he's, he's, oh, he's about a 1,000 assists behind Chris Paul, so it's hard to see him passing him because Paul's also putting up assists and um but I don't maybe maybe Paul gets past um Jason Kidd at some point and maybe LeBron does too if he plays long enough but there's no one catching John Stockton I think LeBron had to play till he's like 45 uh to pass John Stockton who's got 15,806 assists that's impressive right that's crazy a lot of dimes yeah, well, and, and the other one that you look at, I guess, that, you know, I, I was looking at all-time leading rebounders as well. LeBron's like 35th on that list. But you see where where Bill Russell uh, is at 21,000. He's 4,000 ahead of number three. And then you got to go to Wilt Chamberlain, who's another 2,000 ahead of, of Russell. You know, there there are some of those old-time guys who really put some records out there that have lasted – for ages, we don't even think about like I don't. I don't. You talk about a record they'll never be broken. I don't know that anybody will ever get to the rebound level that Wilt did. So uh, those some of those old guys, you know, I know. I know everybody nowadays wants to say that the game was so different that those old players couldn't ever play. But I do think there were a few, not very many, but there were a few that you could put in the time machine who would acquit themselves 
pretty well in today's NBA. Yeah, and and, and, and you're exactly right. Uh, you know, some WNBA uh, free agent movements. You know, we haven't really had a, a super team, right? But it appears that's what Brianna Stewart is doing uh, by going up to New York. Yeah, Brianna Stewart joining the Liberty. Um, Sabrina Ionescu, you know, of course, the you know great player there. And add Stewie, who's won two NBA titles and four national titles at UConn. Um, she's considered arguably the best player in women's basketball. Um, so uh, when, when healthy, you know, she missed the one year with the, uh, Achilles, but yeah, I, I think Brianna Stewart is makes that a, a great team. And then you got Candace Parker yeah. going to the aces aces yeah. win add Candace Parker. So the, the weird part about it is they've got 12 teams in the WNBA and it seems like that we've already eliminated about half of them from having a chance to be any good. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, but okay, but wait, but on Candace Parker, the Kevin Durant rule, did, did, did the sky lose to the aces in the playoffs? Is, are you ever going to pan this because <laughs> you so, the champions? I mean, you know. <laughs> well, the, the Sky won. The Sky did win. I will we'll give her credit. She did win a title yeah. with the Sky. So, you know, that's uh, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and look, I, I, I'm one of the few people who I don't have any fault with what Kevin Durant did going to um, play for Golden State. You know, if you, you, you get a pick who you want, and um, that's that's a big part of free agency. So I had no problem with that. Um, and it was clear he didn't want to play with certain people in the NBA. That was clear. Um, and so he decided to play with Steph, who by every thing I've ever seen is a guy that people want to be teammates with. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to fault him there. And, and I got to be- Mike, Mike, that is the Batman joining the Joker. Come on, what are we? What are we thinking? I, yeah, I just that doesn't I just, happen. Yeah, I just I gotta don't, put it in things you understand. I I just don't. You know what? The it's bottom like, line. Okay, here it's like Steve Austin joining Degeneration X. I'm trying to put it in things that <laughs> would make sense to you. You, you got to remember, man. Pro wrestling is where originally these guys. They're the people who did the flip that you now see in superheroes and everything else. So you know, Hulk Hogan was the uh, iconic good guy. Until he, Until he started the NWO. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden you for life. So, so basically <laughs> though, I, I do. The other thing is, is aside from the NFL <laughs> doesn't have a team in Las Vegas. Um, if I was a pro athlete, I would love to play in, in Vegas. I love that city. Now, like I said, someday the NFL will get a pro team there and that would be cool too. Oh, Mike guys, quick, quick thoughts. We get, let you go. NFL head coaches, Peyton to the Broncos. Ryan's goes to the Texans. Good moves. I like them. I like both hires. I think uh, Russell will Sean Payton will make Russell Wilson good again. Yeah. And I, and I think the Texans finally got a guy who's going to last more than a year. So that's, that's a win-win. Sean Payton's another Mike McCartney. He, he won one title with a fantastic quarterback and could never make it back, even with one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. So good luck to Denver. Um, and I like D'Amico Ryan's down in Houston. I really like that draft pick. Sean Payton, EIU. Come on. Mike. I know, I know, but I'm just calling what I see. Same type of guy as McCartney down Eastern in Dallas. Air. Eastern Air in the 80s. Until I spent my high school years Man. watching Sean Payton on Saturday afternoons live at Lance Field. All right. That does it for us. Thanks, everybody, for stopping in. And thanks to you for uh, spending part of your weekend with us as well. Enjoy the games and enjoy the weekend. We're right back here, same place, same time, next week. Take care. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. 
We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.